excellent. Well, I appreciate you um, taking the time out of your day, bud. Imagine you're course, super yeah. busy. Have you got much on today? Uh, no, it's been pretty good, man. Um, I had uh, some uh, writing this morning that I was doing uh, for Mixmodal. Nice. Uh, I had an early meeting um, with our coaches. Mm. Um, I had a uh, individual meeting with one of my big dog coaches just on his uh, lifestyle and future and stuff. Uh, I just got off a call with uh, the Special Forces unit in uh, Canadian uh, Forces, Canadian oh, Armed wow. Forces. Okay. Are you um, consulting with them? Yeah, I've been consulting with them for, or their JTF2 specific program for yeah. many years, but this special team now they got a sports medicine group and they have like a group that is is kind of consulting to no pay but yeah. it's just it's just a big interest for me yeah. and being a canadian and working with so many of those guys back in the day i just feel i feel obliged to uh yeah. to consult and help out so just a good conversation i just finished up with them yeah it's um it's, it's a world that is cottoning on to the to the use of strength and conditioning yeah, yeah. I don't mean to go down that hole yeah. with you, but uh, which I won't. But there's a there's a lot in there that you know uh, is very interesting because they need to be they need to be versatile, but the functional demands are kind of unknown. Yeah, you know, and there's no like generational exercises or or styles that yeah. have been proven to actually help them. Yeah. So it, it creates mass chaos in what's good, you know. <laughs> What's yeah. right? It's just that general physical robustness that they really need, and yeah, and it's like, well, what does that look like, and yeah. how serious should we get about it? And yeah. you know, do we hire these expensive people to help run it, or should they just weed themselves out? You know, yeah. and then some of the political stuff though is interesting, where there's no mandatory like fitness level you need to have in order to keep your job going. Mm. I and as an outsider, as a civilian, I find that fucking retarded. I find that that blows my mind, right? Yeah. Is like what you're saying is that they don't need a physical level of, of capacity is what you're saying, right? Yeah. No matter how, but it's wrapped in inclusivity and diversity and all these. It's like, come on, you know, what's your vision of, you know, um, the protectors? You know, yeah. if they have that vision, there's got to be a physical component to it, yeah. and that has to like get to some like close. And in Canada, especially, they've been downgrading the ability every five years. It's like. Yeah, I was in the forces for like eight years, so uh, luckily enough, got a chance to work with some of the, the British SF, and and uh, yeah, like once they pass their selection phase, it's it's literally you keep you keep yourself fit, and it's we're not yeah. gonna, we're not going to tell you what fitness means, but you keep yourself no. fit. No, so, yeah, yeah, and that, that's the the conversation we were having is how to change the culture including like the testing and the training in order to get people excited intrinsically on just yeah. staying in shape and doing fitness. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a good challenge. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, um, that's, a, that's a topic for another day, I think. Um, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I'd love to, love to chat about that. Um, what, what, I wanted yeah. to, uh, what we wanted to do basically was, um, is, is, is part of what we're trying to do with my company is trying to educate beginners, intermediates and advanced health clients, um, not performance clients, um, on 
what the sort of things they should be doing when they start or when they um, when they hit plateaus, um, lifestyle factors that they should be considering, um, things to avoid, and basically like your thoughts on that basically. Um, so I thought if, if, if that's something um, you're interested in talking about, maybe like start with beginners, maybe spend five, five six minutes on each topic and just kind of con- yeah. converse on it. Yeah, for sure. If you can wrap some context around each one, Excellent. that would, yeah. it certainly helps as well. So it's because in general terms, it would be really simple. It's like, well, figure out what their goal is, yeah. tie education on what exercise means and connect that to their goals and then give them basic lifestyle guidelines and just don't allow them to get hurt in the gym. But there's more to it than that. Yeah. <laughs> and and, that, <laughs> and that, that is the context really. And it's, that's, that's when in terms of beginners, what we what we what the fitness industry dictates is that high intensity model with a low calorie diet is the key to success. And mm-hmm. um, what are, what the things aren't considered, and I know it's stuff that you you teach a lot of. So um, it might actually be first before we kind of start is um, is introduce yourself and um, so people know who you are and who <laughs> yeah who's, who's talking. Um, so yeah, if, if do you want to start, we'll just do that and uh, we'll kick straight into it and then we'll kind of let it flow and move on to each section. Yeah, you want me to introduce myself? Yeah, that that work work well. Um, so if, if if I start it and then then I'll say hand over to you and kind of let you let your mind mind bomb um, is kind of what we're looking for. Yeah. So yeah, awesome. So we'll, we'll go now. So um, welcome guys to the uh, base training thoughtcast. Uh, today we have a guest. Um, it is a role model to many coaches in the fitness industry. Um, and uh, uh, he probably wouldn't call himself this, but a bit of a, an expert and a bit of a ninja when it comes to all things, things fitness. That's how I'll kind of describe it. So, um, Mr. James Fitzgerald, uh, welcome. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come out and speak to us. So, why don't you give us kind of the 30 second elevator pitch on who you are and, and what you do? Yeah, um, I love fitness. Um, I've been in fitness for a long period of time, uh, both as an athlete and a participant, as well as someone who's coached coaches. And now, you know, to the point where I'm coaching coaches of coaches um, within fitness. Um, And uh, I am still in it. I dig into it personally. I dig into it with coaches. And now I'm at the point where we have an company that helps coaches go out there and teach us masses and uh we continue to try to level people's ideas up on what fitness is excellent excellent stuff and that's all going well which is and it's a lot of the education that i've done and i follow a lot of your stuff so i appreciate you keep keeping up the fight um so yeah, what we want to talk about today is um health clients not necessarily performance clients that are both begin or beginners intermediates and kind of advanced level health clients and the things they should avoid, the things that they, uh, where they should start, um, and what they should kind of be considering, and uh, the things that they aren't considering, uh, that you commonly see out there in the world, um, and have done with experience with coaches and the coaches of coaches that you coach. Um, bit of alliteration there. Um, yeah. So why don't we start with beginners? So, what is your kind of thought, or what are your thoughts on beginners to? Um, health and exercise and fitness in the current fitness market at the moment. Yeah, because you finished with in the current fitness market, 
Um, I'll give you some guys uh, or give you some guidelines on time frames because time frames change up the question. So if this question was asked, you know, 80 years ago, um, we, well, it wouldn't be asked 80 years ago. So that answers the question or gives to a general, it's like, what, why are you doing exercise? You know, you'd be laughed at. It's like, you know, don't you just like, you know, let, you know, aren't you behind the horse and picking up shit and like out there kneeling down and getting food or, chasing down animals you know what i mean i don't know if people did that 80 years ago but that's my point is that in the current fitness market for for newbies and people are just starting out the entire consciousness of what fitness is no one has an idea about it no one has no one has asked any of the questions it's been it's been generationally slapped together up to the point where you almost have to like it's like uh licking a you know those big lollipops where you got like 18 different colors? <laughs> and I'm sorry the analogy is not going to sound correct at all, but no, you got to lick, <laughs> lick that client down like eight colors to get to. That's a bad analogy. But you got to get down, you got to get down to some really deep levels before they recognize why they're doing fitness. Mm-hmm. So, what do you, how do you deal with new people in fitness today in the current fitness market? you're most likely going to be spending months and months changing consciousness and awareness around what fitness means to them. And would you, would you say that that is the, the part where a, a new client should start and that's what, what clients aren't doing? And that's well, what that's, what they, that's where they should start, yeah. Lee, but you know, what is the fitness market? The fitness market is rape and pillage, right? Mm-hmm. It's like magazines, Instagram, medicine, science, your local media, they're all telling you, you know, you're going to be fat, you're going to be diseased, you're going to get cancer. That can't be the right reason to do fitness. That's effed up, right? It's all backwards. So if, you know, based upon their perception, yeah, you, you should try to create awareness of that, but dude, unless they fall into your lap, it's not going to happen. Society is not pushing it, right? Your government's not pushing it like mine, right? They're not like, oh, let's let's squeak out another 90 minutes in a day for kids to move and play, right? You know, parents would go shape shit, right? If that was the if that was the case. And our all, entire answer to that is we need they need to be smarter at like math and physics so that they can become a you know someone in a university setting to get on an assembly line, <laughs> you know, you know, as a soapbox, but. You see what I'm saying? Like the perspective of fitness is, is messed up. So It's interesting you mentioned about like the government, the government's kind of pushed to, um, the, the, they're, they're pushed to bring new guidelines to get people to, to kids to get into exercise. It's, it's interesting as the NHS, the National Health Service in the UK now, aren't pushing to get people to, ex- or children to exercise for 90 minutes. Their new big push is to get them outside. And that's yeah. it. So but no what? action. Yeah. Dude, that's been going on in Canada for 30 years. Wow. Every five years is like new guidelines, you yeah. know, and the same topic. Kids are obese. Yeah. Everyone's eating processed food. You know, the, and, and then the question is, what are you guys doing about this to show that that action plan is actually making any effect whatsoever? Guess what the answer is? Crickets. Yeah. <laughs> Crickets. Yeah. So it's just this massive bullshit play on making it seem like they care about people Mm. that that's bullshit there could be three out of a hundred people in that office that truly actually care 
but they're pulling their hair out because they're cutting, trying to cut red tape from what the top down is telling them they need to say because they're bought by Coke or they're bought by fast foods or whatever, whatever, whatever. So we know there's a big like, there's a big societal and governmental problem in this, all the institutions that are overarching. Um, our... Especially in the beginner area, especially mm. in the beginner fitness area. Yeah, the, yeah the, the, the model has been guided towards, well, it, especially now with the rise of social media, is social media experts and their quick fix money-making and money-generating uh, programs that mm -hmm. do not have any long-term sustainability built into it because there's no um, relationship there, there's no one-to-one -one contact, whether that's through a rem remote setting or an in-person setting, there's none of that there. So what are your kind yeah, of thoughts and, on that? Yeah, and there's, well, there's no question on the why. Mm. It's like they, they, they wrangle all these people in with great CRMs and like attention-grabbing pieces but nowhere inside there is the big things that you mentioned, which is the killer of fitness in my eyes, right? I'm biased, but you're killing coaches because you're not developing relationships, right? And what's inside of a relationship? It's a human aspect of a relationship. You cannot get that on Instagram or social media or being marketed to for a 30 second pitch. You don't, and you can, t you can try to wrap everything around that to make it look like it. Ironically, even guess what they're marketing today? We're personalized, right? That's such bullshit, right? So they even know, ironically, that this is what humans want, right? But, and they're trying to put it into marketing, but guess what their program is? It's the most impersonal, yeah. right? Templated, fast track, I don't care about you long-term. So no one's asking the questions, Yeah. right? It's like. You know, and I know this sounds crazy, but for your listeners, if anyone listens, it's like, when's the last time you asked someone what they're going to be doing in 20 years? Mm. Right? They're like, 20 years? Fuck 20 years. Like, we're, we're just focused on getting lean now. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Right there, that commentary, that's the problem. Yeah, that's the mindset, isn't it? And when, like you, you, it is. you pointed towards when was the last time you asked someone, as in, imagine you met like a friend or family or coworker, when was the last time you asked, a coach or a fitness professional that um, it's exactly. not a question that people are that the questions are what are the prices what classes do you have um, especially when they're moving towards a gym and a physical location and it's not yeah. how how can you help me in 20 years and set me up for success um, no and I think that's I think there's partly through a lack of education and it's a, it's a it's a nerve thing maybe that they don't know what to ask yeah, that's a deeper one on the mm. business area. <laughs> yeah, especially for a beginner. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think it's I think it's important is that is that beginners do need to ask these questions, and it's it's not it's not about the the what what we have. It's about why actually do you want to why do you want that? Um, yes. And to yeah, are you asking on behalf? Or are you saying and just to be clear here? You're saying that the questions should also be asked from the client to the coach on like, what's your future within this? Yeah, 100%. Oh, no doubt. No doubt that that question has to be asked. But as I said, it's like, it's a deep, a deep rabbit hole because where would you go to find the truth on who determines what a good coach is? Exactly. exactly. Who's the qualifier for that? Yeah. And, and that, right? that, kind of, that kind of brings us kind of in, in back in a circle, I suppose, is that it does come down to that what is a what is a good coach? What is what is fitness? What is mm -hmm. health? And there is no real working definition out there. 
because they're still no, so then, convoluted. You go, what you're gonna, if you want to go here, what you end up doing, it gets into a morality question. Yeah. It's what it, where it ends up. And no, it does. It comes down to like, well, what is reasoning? Mm. What is objectivity? What is dualism? Like, that's where you end up going, as fucked up as it sounds. Yeah. That's where you go because, you know, because you and I would be like, well, if there's, if this is a free market and uh, people are going to decide what they want to do in fitness, mm. um, then that means it's, we have to put up with the fact this is chaos yeah. and you just got to figure your way out, right? That's the yeah. way it is, right? But if you and I don't agree with that, what is our solutions to it? Mm. I can tell you what I'm doing. I'm trying to create at least some governance or standards or regulatory ideas on the definition in language of what it means to be a professional fitness coach. Yeah. Because I can't go to the market to change that. I have to change that inside out. That's that's what I'm doing for action. But I would ask anyone who asks that question, especially to the point, you know, should a client ask a coach what their career is? Before you even get to that, you gotta have some kind of idea on what a standard is for a good career. Yeah. And right now, there's there's nothing on that. There's no book on that. No, definitely but not. I propose to write a book on it, not, not actually write a textbook, but you and I, we're discussing it right now. So eventually it'll come to fruition yeah. where people will recognize they're like, that's not professional fitness coaching, right. right? And that's what I want. I want the professional fitness coach to get back up in the in the society where they're like the pillar that everyone goes to, to recognize what how to take care of things. Exactly, exactly. So where would you, what are the kind of, um, like the main points that you think a, a beginner to exercise never or they, they've done a few bits and they're like, oh, I'm just not improving. What do I do next? Like, what's, yeah, where, where do I find this um, perfect? Like not, the yeah, scientific method this? is what they need. Yeah. They need okay. a scientific method. And that's the global thing they need. Mm. And the, the secondary thing they need, they need a coach to give them guidance on that scientific method. Yeah. What I mean by that is that you've got to move and you've got to get feedback from what you're doing for movement, mm. right? You gotta, you gotta play with things, you gotta figure some stuff out, and then you gotta retest, right? It's like, where am I right now, right? The hypothesis, where am I right now? And well, the hypothesis basically, you're thinking about the training program, but where am I right now? That's the assessment. What, what am I gonna do inside of here? Now let's recheck it. So I can see if I'm wasting my time or doing something that's leading to that linear, you know, improvement of max potential, right? So that's what those people need. They need tracking devices, which preferably should be a human. Um, they need to get, you know, ask some questions. And it's actually more, it's, it's, it's higher utility to actually hire a coach, right? The time that people spend on yo-yoing or going up and down or searching blogs or changing programs, all of that for time value should have been spent on one coach who can give them a personalized design and help them move forward, yeah. right? Because they're going to ask all the questions like, why are you doing this? And then they're going to say it again. Well, why are you doing that? They're going to say it again. Well, why are you doing that? And as painful as that is, yeah. that is cost effective. Yeah. Right? It is because you're not going to waste your time for five years. Yeah. So there you go. I just gave you some marketing strategies. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's that education. Time for five years. <laughs> I can give you your answers right now. <laughs> yeah. It's that education towards autonomy as well. Like that asking, yes. asking why they're doing sort of things is... Well, on the, on the aspect of autonomy, I have some ideas on that that I wish to share. It's it, autonomy can only come when you first have correct intentions yeah. and there has to be skills and progressions, right? Autonomy is not just like, oh, 
you'll experience it for six weeks and then you're on your own, right? That's like 0.5% of the population that can do that, Yeah. right? The rest of folks are gonna need to have some form of direction and plan, right? That means that you're giving some direction, which is not autonomy. Mm. True definition of autonomy is they're able to like sustain and do their own shit for a long period of time. Yeah. That's our overall long-term goal for humans, yeah. right? But in order to get there, they need a lot of skills and progressions in behaviors, nutrition, movements, et cetera, to get them to that point. Yeah. So say someone has, they're now considering this idea that actually a coach or a personal trainer is something they're looking for. Would you say that's one of the most important factors that they should be considering is where does this coach want me to be in five years? Like, Do they want me to continue to do three one hour personal training sessions a week? Like, it's. It's definitely you as a client, if you're, if you're listening as a client, you want to ask that question continually with your coach, like say, what's the long-term strategy for me, right? And hopefully that coach can then reflect back to you what I said earlier, which is, well, what's your long-term goals? Mm. Right? What's your, why are you doing any of this? And uh, how about you and I, <clears throat> meaning I'm talking to that client now, yeah. how about you and I have a sit down conversation on what is exercise? Why are we doing it? Because then you can tie everything together and then they'll know that their coach actually cares about where they're going to be in five years. Mm. And if that's arguably, I'm just going to get on a soapbox to that yeah, too. Please if, do. That's a pers- if that's a personal training appointment in five years, yeah. that's an effed up system. <laughs> that's an effed up system, right? That Because that, anyways, that's an effed up system. That's a dependent relationship. It's, a, it's addiction and dependency which is the wrong, and this is again where it goes moral, that's the wrong intention of fitness, mm. right? Fitness can't be, oh, geez, uh, let me calm a trainer up, right? No, that's the wrong intention for fitness, right? Oh, he'll get me ready for something, you know? It's like, th- that's your issue, right? So you need to learn how to be able to do that and move and like chew food and do your own stressful management for yourself, not relying on someone. Yeah, at the end of the day, fitness and health is a personal responsibility, but we've lost that. We've lost that ability through a lack of. You know, it comes down to a lot. We of have, we have, you know. But personal training, I should note, because I was one of the initial like groups of personal trainers back in the mid '90s, right? When it was just like bubbling up, like something you yeah. can do, right? And we were killing it, right? But the intention within it, no one asked the question, "What are we doing in ten years?" Yeah. Right. None of us asked it. We're all like just cash and billing. It's just fucking like, I'm trying this new shit and we're doing yeah. this routine and we're setting up this stuff and people are transforming, right? Because they weren't doing it, yeah. right? They were doing nothing. So we gave them something and they got better. We're like, yeah, we're the fucking man, right? Yeah. And then bill more per hour, make more money. But then after time on the weekends, I'm like, there's no scalability to this, Yeah. you know? And I started seeing clients do that where they're like, you know what? I'm not showing up. You can bill me. Yeah, that that just kind of just killed me. It was like, oh man, now I'm being owned by the system, yeah. and I'm not being fulfilled on what I like doing and learning and training. Mm-hmm. So the shit that was great that I learned inside of that, which was very positive, right? Yeah. Like you know, lots of time in the trenches, you learn a lot of skills, you learn a lot of behaviors. The downside is that it created dependency, exactly. and exactly. you know that in the end, there's no long game for the client or the coach then. Which is how we bubble up to what we do as a company today. We want to build facilities and coaches that become autonomous, not only in their profession, but clients become autonomous 
and everyone wins. Exactly, exactly. It's, it's, uh, it's, it, you would see it as from a, I suppose from a coach's and business perspective, it's like, oh wow, that's actually a scary thing. I want to get rid of a client. But no, yeah, you do. Yeah, exactly. And that is <laughs> but the if you actually age. look at mathematical models of fitness and general yeah. wellness, dude, there's six million available people out there. Exactly, exactly. Right? So if you can't get a couple <laughs> of six million, uh, you know, good yeah. luck. You know, yeah, need, you need to do something else. Exactly. So we're, as, from a client's perspective, we're, we're now in this um, position where we've been doing it for a little while. We've got a coach there. We're kind of moving towards this intermediate type level um, where we've got some competency. We move relatively well. Um, and we may now be considering that the body can take a bit more intensity, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, what sort of things should they be considering, whether that's lifestyle, health, nutrition? Where, where should they be at that point? Yeah, at this point in time, they're starting to get uber individualized. Mm. So now you're starting to see people go into buckets, right, of different styles. Some people will start to move towards like just movement efficiency and uh, just overall consistency and repetition. Yeah. Some people will move towards like wanting to get somewhat more specific in strength. Some people may go a little bit more specific in capacity and there's a bunch of other buckets, but you start individualizing people more so at intermediate stage, Mm -hmm. right? Um, They're also now getting excited, not about absolute measures like, you know, uh, uh, their deadlift 1RM. They're more concerned around now how all that base beginner training can help them catapult to new things. So maybe they want to run a race. Maybe they want to learn snatch technique for the next five years. Maybe they want to do some gymnastics training that's a little bit more complex. Maybe they want to do a a 2K row time trial at a local competition. You know what I'm saying? Like there's these like catapulting opportunities now because of all that base support of stuff that they did. So that's the exciting thing for the intermediate. They're now using all that base structure as this, this new evolution to this new style of fitness and they're getting a little bit more individualized like like a lot more specific with it yeah i appreciate the use of the word base there that's that's perfect it's indirect but hey you know yeah, it is a um, it's a happy uh, an unfortunate um, happiness there um so it's it's yeah it is that it is often that one of the things we often see is is that lack of base and it's, it's partly why we t- we called our business base training is that that base allows you to be fitter 10 years down the line. And then it does, as yep. you said, catapult you forwards at a much yep. faster rate. But at the start, yep. it is slower. Um, yeah, and I call it scaffolding, right? Like you okay. scaffold different things, but the base is required. And you can use the old analogy of the house building, but don't use the house analogy anymore. It's weak. The good thing that you will have to work with for fitness long term is ironically, we've benefited from this mass hysteria, high intensity model for 10 years, Mm. right? So just imagine in 2002, that that whole high intensity fitness thing didn't happen. And I know how hard it is for your brain to think about it, right? There would be more arguments as to your utility of your base theory. Mm. Because everyone went really fucking hard and all out for the past decade, we've reflected on that over time now to see that if you don't have base, you flatline after two years. Yeah. So you can see that it's ironic that 
we got to be grateful for the fact that everyone has been trying to do this fast model, fast track model, because it makes them recognize, holy shit, the folks that had the base support were actually capable of still doing more. Yeah. Yeah. It does. It, come, it comes again back full circle and you're like, oh, if I just known this, well, we, we couldn't have known that. That's the thing. No, we, no, we couldn't. That's the thing. Without and that's my point. You got to stretch your brain on it. Imagine if it never even happened, right? Yeah. We'd still be like, using the house analogy today. <laughs> and it is that test and retest that you talked about at the start with beginners. And we, we, as a fitness industry, we are still quite young. It has had to, we've had to test that out. Um, it, yes. It might have been the other way around where we tested out this idea of building a base and found that that didn't work. Yeah, um, but, but in the market, <clears throat> it's still there, right? Yeah. So like you chose your words wisely that in the fitness profession, We've certainly tested a whole lot of things, right? But there's a massive amount of us, because I'm throwing everyone, even the assholes, into that fitness professional realm, plus the market that thinks that that fast track model has more utility than the base train. So we can't go without saying that, that it's you and my mind. We're like, oh, yeah, we're both agreeing with one another, but it's only two of us. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of other people out there that we've got to work on yeah, um, yeah so in, in, we, 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 yeah. It's, it's easy, that's right. it's easy as coaches to really focus and clients to focus on the movement aspect and the training inside the gym um, there's 160 odd hours in the week and most clients will spend three to five if that actually training what sort of consideration should an intermediate client be thinking about outside of the gym What are the things that the intermediate client should be thinking about outside the gym? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we call it in our language, basic lifestyle guidelines. So it has a uh, connection to more so to the physical area of biology and definitely more energy based for things like circadian rhythm and paying attention to it, paying attention to work stress, you know, work life stress balance, paying attention to, um, rhythm, you know, blood sugar management throughout the day, mental acuity, energy, um, and paying attention to sleep, paying attention to digestion, paying attention to food hygiene practices, moving blood every day. Even if you're not in the gym, you still need to be moving blood, right? That can happen just to, just to make people think a little harder like you can jump up and down on a rebounder and move blood, mm. right? You can do dry skin brushing and move blood. You can get a massage and move blood. You know what I'm saying? Just break your your thinking on how do you move blood. You don't have to go for a 5K run to move blood. You can move blood in multiple ways, but you have to move blood. We recommend getting out in nature and walking. Mm. Um, ironically, I'm not sure where you sit in your land, uh, but I'm, 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 I went down a rabbit hole of... Uh, the political stuff in your uh, neck of the woods, maybe of those open lands for uh, for uh, what's it called? Ram, not rambling, but uh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyways, you, yeah. Yeah. So you know, get out in nature and walk. That's yeah. the that's what those folks should be focusing on um, as the recovery mechanism between those intense sessions, three hours a week, but as well laying the groundwork to allow them to express those three sessions really effectively. Brilliant. I couldn't, couldn't really. I don't think there's new, too much need to carry on with what with the uh, immediate level client would need to consider there. So, 
what about then, let's say an Af a client is there three, five years maybe down into the line, you're, you're not probably working one-to-one -one with them as closely anymore, they've got some, a handle on good movement, they're snatching, they're um, yep. doing some more advanced level gymnastics. What sort of things, yep. again, lifestyle, movement, and nutrition, and nourishment, should they be con considering at this point? Yeah, for those people, there's really just one word, because I'm in there, right, that mm. really, really defines, you know, what envelops my shit now. And it's uh, it's a little less concrete. It's more broad. Yeah. Um, and that would be words like being consistent, um, learning about auto-regulation, you know, like how to self-regulate based upon the work that's being done and how to continue moving forward. Yeah. Um, how to resist entropy, you know, like how to how to stop the downslide. Yeah. So even if you're on the upslide still and you're doing more advanced stuff, you want to you want to think about potential, like where you sit, you know. Um, and then lastly, a lot of refining. So there's always like, for example, you know, you can do three strict muscle ups, you know. Um, now you should be focusing on like planche and mana, you know, and lever work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that, cause that's going to take you 10 years to master, yeah. but you see, it's all about refining now that you get up to that level because you got a great base support built and you've had some great experience on individualization. Now really it's the, that's, that's why I say that's the fun shit now. All that yeah. shit's fun yeah. because it's refining and sharpening and like uh, falling in love with consistency again, like you did when you were a beginner, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And then in terms of like the lifestyle factors, as, a, as an, an intermediate um, level athlete, you mentioned like going outside, circadian rhythms. Um. Yeah, all those things are the same, but I'll say uh, really quickly, it's, it's just the CNS. So you just gotta, you just gotta watch like how you're recovering, how deep you go into something, you know, how you're able to continue activity. That's what I meant by my first point on yeah. auto-regulation. So the advanced person now, should be really measuring like how their nervous system is working, how it responds to stress and how they're challenging everything. Yeah. Cause I'm going to assume if you've got to this point, you've got some good lifestyle and good nutritional habits, right? Yeah, um, if you're, if you're here and I don't even know how you got here, if you don't have those in place, do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And let's say like, just find a, a kind of a, a devil's advocate out there. A client gets to that level but then mm -hmm. they still haven't got some of these um, basic things in place. Yeah. So yeah. I've, what, what I've noticed through my own experience is that you do get some clients that come through, they've been training six, seven, eight years, they move well, but there's yeah. still these, some fundamental problems um, that yeah. they're experiencing. And they're, yeah. they're seven years into the ground and they're seven years embedded. How have you approached, as I focus on the coaching perspective, yeah. unraveling some of that yeah yeah um i educate those people first of all to make them recognize that they're not at their potential and that they mm. may have gotten to this point all based upon survival mechanisms yeah so it's imp very important that you know that even if you don't know that's the case yeah do i make sense that like e even if you're guessing well you know it just doesn't you know because even I won't go down the rabbit hole of genetic predisposition and, and luckiness and LeBron James yeah. eating McDonald's and being an elite athlete because there's there's unicorns, right? They're yeah. like, oh, yeah, that guy. It's like, yeah, you're not him. Yeah. So we extract those people out of the conversation. Now we're left with 99.4% of everyone else 
and uh, you gotta you gotta let them know that it is possible. And then at the back end of that conversation, you inspire them with the fact that if they do refine some things, they will improve. Mm. And that's a really like for me, uh, like I've done that right. I've done and not this is not for CrossFit, so I just use my own consistency as a measure of that. But I've focused a whole lot more for the past three years on technical lifting of weightlifting and gymnastic strict ability. Uh, so connecting the core to the periphery and gymnastics bodies, Chris Somner's work, and I've refined movement, right? But what is my what is my takeaway from that is I really did improve some things. But I'm 45 and I've been at this game for more than 25 years now, right? So there are still you know styles of improvements that you can make. So so first of all, I would educate them that they may not be at their potential. They could have just like duct taped this shit to get here. Yeah. but then inspire them on the back end saying, if you refine lifestyle nutrition, you actually can raise up a little bit. There's a little bit of improvement you can't make. And then they'll, they'll get it. They'll fall in love with that. Cause the one thing that they're motivated by is continuing to try to improve or be consistent. So if you're like, Hey man, you know, if you don't abide by these things, you won't be able to work out anymore. They're like, no, no, can't have that. And then sometimes I use like the Nicholas cage, you know, uh, leaving Las Vegas analogy that some people they're just going to have to end up naked on a strip in Vegas on a drunk. Yeah. You know, you're just going to have to let them fall. Yeah. It's like, uh, I told you, but then be there to uh, pick them up though. When they do fall, that's the key point as a coach is like you tried, you told them what you thought was required, but some people need to go to rock bottom in order to see the light. And that's okay. Exactly. It is, it's how we learn is not we learn from missing and, failing it is for lack of a better term. it is well for the person i was describing i think that could be effective yeah right? for sure and it's it's this key point you touched on was there that actually often with the advanced level athletes they are going to start to wane in motivation if they aren't if they're hitting plateaus and they are lacking some of those fundamental key skills that make a huge difference and along with a conversation on intention mm. yeah as right you, like you gotta you gotta yeah. ask the question like you know if even by saying advanced why would you do anything else? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm, I've reached the mountaintop, right? And so what I like to discuss and reason why I continue to be active so I can speak about it for a lifestyle, mm. right? So I'm not just saying, oh yeah, I did the CrossFit thing and I just always out and became a lazy coach, right? Not saying that that happens. <laughs> um, wait, wait. So I, I kept exercising because I was like, I probably want to tell the story as to what happens when you do this for a long period of time, right? Exactly. So on that side of it, they will start to, I, I just call it more of a cognitive, social, spiritual in, improvement, mm. right? Even because you're physical, once you get to the top, it's, you don't keep going up right. and you don't hold it, right? You actually go down, mm. right? That's biology, that's evolution. There's a whole lot of things wrapped inside that. You can't, you can't CRISPR that or nanotech that or whatever you think you want to do. It's not going to change it. You're going to go down. Yeah. I know that. As painful as it is to talk about and to even discuss, because I still hate discussing it, mm. I will get weaker, absolutely. But my cognitive function and my ability to organize thoughts and my, we'll call it spirit. I'm not a spiritual person, but we'll call it spirit because it makes sense. Mm. Your spiritual being is a really cool thing to try to improve on that other side. Yeah. So that can also inspire those people who are up there to know that just be consistent and resist the downward spiral, but there's a lot of cool shit 
cognitively and socially and emotionally you're going to get into that you're going to appreciate. It is. It's pushing that curve out to the right, isn't it? And elongating as much as we possibly can. It is. It is. It's like, you know, farther out as possible without having this like, push whoop, it. You know? yeah. Yeah, push the curve to the right. That's yeah, a good saying. Exactly. I think that's probably a good point to kind of end on is, is that, that inspiration piece. And uh, yeah, um, it is, it is o- over time, it's just like the, the same things applying no matter the level is, is you've got to be consistent. You have to ask those in qu- questions. You have to be inquisitive. Um, you have to have those intentions built out correctly and, under- and really understand them to a, as a, not just a, a face value, a deeper level. Um, yeah. So yeah, appreciate you sort of taking your time out of your day to talk about some of those things. Of course, I benefit from discussing it all the time. It certainly helps my language, and I'm always learning things as I'm discussing it too. So excellent stuff. Cool. Well, we'll end it end it there, and uh, yeah, appreciate your time. Okay, Lee. Thanks for having me. Well,